This is the Gospel for Life, where we have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. Around the table today is Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Jonathan Van Hoogen from Dayspring United Reformed Church, Vinnie Hanke from Valley Life Community Church, and Ryan Hemphill from Treasure Valley Reformed Presbyterian Church. To catch earlier broadcasts, just search The Gospel for Life wherever you subscribe. To find out more about this ministry and about our annual conference, go to ReformationBoise.com. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whenever and however you may be listening. Welcome back to The Gospel for Life. Uh, This week, Russ, Jonathan, and Ryan are all out of town, providing an opportunity for an all-Valley Life edition of The Gospel for Life. Joining me in Studio A today is Pastor Kevin Bailey, who serves as Pastor of Discipleship and Christian Education at Valley Life Community Church, and Mr. Brandon Lockridge, who serves as an elder and the Vice President of our board. Gentlemen, good morning and welcome. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Good morning. It's good to be here. Yeah. So uh, this episode is going to air on Reformation Boise Conference Eve, Thursday, which means if you are waiting until the last minute to register, this is it right now. So uh, Kevin, Brandon, for, for that listener out there who's nervous or you know not sure if they should register and attend the conference, what would you say to them this morning? Well, I had the opportunity to go last year with uh, Dr. Beaky and... Um, Derek White, Dr. Dr. Or Derek uh, Thomas. Thomas, Dr. Derek Thomas. Uh, and man, it was just such a refreshing time of worship hearing from both of those guys. Um, it was amazing. Um, and the lineup this year is just as good. Uh, we got uh, Johnny Gibson and Miles Van Pelt, um, and it's a great opportunity to come hear God's word and uh, worship together with other believers here in the Treasure Valley. Yeah. So also the book table is amazing. The book table is amazing. So uh, Kevin, you and I are pastors. We'll, we're going to get a lot of this stuff. But Brandon, what about for someone who's just a lay person, right? They're just they're a member of a church. Yeah. They, you know, maybe they're a ministry leader. But what, what do you think? What, what would you encourage for them? Right. So confession time. Okay, I'm ready. I've not been yet to Reformation Boise, but you're and, excited to go. And this I year. am excited to go this year. Excellent. So, so, so I'm one of those new goers, uh, and but. I, I, I think that it doesn't – we're all doing ministry, right? Yep, yep. And so regardless of where your you know gifts and talents and skills lie and what your position is or isn't within the church, right, we're all doing ministry and we're all going to learn something from it. So. Yeah, awesome. Thanks, guys. So to register, visit uh, ReformationBoise.com. That way you can be entered into the giveaways, and we know you'll be coming. It helps us prepare and get ready. And today is that last day for registration. Once again, ReformationBoise.com. Well, we're going to continue uh, our review of a series of articles put out by Crossway entitled uh, 10 Things You Should Know, and then they fill in the various topics. And in fact, there are 126 of these articles out there. So for those of you quick at math, there are 1,260 things you should know. But good news, we're only going to cover 10 of those this week. Uh, <laughs> and we're going to cover the 10 things you should know about Reformed theology. Uh, we are all uh, Reformed theologians in this room together today. And so this one is uh, close to our heart. We are all at a Reformed church. In fact, we're going to attend a conference called Reformation Boise. So this hopefully should be a, uh, an easy one for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, so first thing you should know, according to Crossway, and this article was written by uh, Joel Beakey and Paul Smalley, the thing you should know first 
is that Reformed theology celebrates the glory of God. Yeah, so this one, uh, I think that, you know, we talk about within reform circles how reform theology is God-centered or Christ-centered. And really, you know, in you look at the, the uh, Westminster Catechism, right? It says that our the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. And really, that is, you know, the, the pinnacle of... Reformed theology is glorifying God in all we do and all we say. Yeah, I think at the the heart of the Reformation, right, is this idea that over time, there are other things that had taken the center place of the church, whether it was tradition or the authority of church leaders. Mm. And the heart of the Reformation was, was really to get back to Scripture, but really to get back to God being at the center of our theology. Yeah, and, and this is seen in Soli, Soli Deo Gloria. You know, our chief our chief purpose is to glorify God. Why were we created? We were created to glorify God. Yeah, I think that um, there are, like to, to what you were saying, Vinny, to your point, like there's a lot of things in which, you know, we can kind of put at the top of our our ministry or our churches and things like that, right? And we can say, well, this thing is really important and that thing is really important. Uh, you know, when you look back to uh, the time of the Reformation, right, tradition within the Roman Catholic Church was very important. It was the utmost <laughs> important thing, right? And so, uh, but the question is, how do all of those things, because because things like tradition and, and whatever these other various things we're doing in our ministry, right, those things can be important, but how did, are they pointing back to the, the glory of God, right? How are we glorifying God through all of those things? Yeah, that, that becomes important then for the end of the ministry, right? So churches right. exist, as Kevin mentioned, humanity itself exists to bring glory to God, but then it also changes the, the means by which we do ministry, right? Mm-hmm. That means the way we're going to do ministry is a way that brings glory to God and not glory to ourselves. We're seeking to platform God, if you will, and not platform ourselves. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. I think that uh, we can get stuck in sort of like the monotony of things and and what are we, you know, how how are we performing or am I doing well in this thing or that thing within ministry? But if it's kind of just all about that stuff, it's all for kind of you know, self-seeking, self-serving, so to speak, then you're not glorifying God in it, right? And then it's all kind of for for not anyways, right? What are you what are you doing it for, right? Yeah. So for you guys, so I was raised, I became a Christian in a Reformed church and kind of was raised in the Reformed tradition. Um, mm-hmm. But for you guys, when when you encountered Reformed theology, Brandon, you mentioned that it's it uh, it really moves God to the center. How, how did you experience that as you encountered Reformed theology uh, as a Christian? I, I grew up in a tradition that was, um, it was a lot of boxes to check, um, mm-hmm. a lot of things that you had to do in order to reach a certain level of holiness. And so it really became me-centered, and mm-hmm. the focus of all these things was to avert some sort of wrath, whether that mm-hmm. was from, you know, the the pastor or or from God. But I wasn't doing those things to glorify God. I was doing those things to avert mm. some sort of negative consequence. So I think I think the important thing is when I when I encountered reformed theology is this became about everything to the glory of God. So I'm not I'm I'm still abstaining from certain things, but why I'm abstaining is to glorify God, not so that I can avoid being criticized or avoid avoid some sort of punishment i'm doing i'm not doing those things for the glory of god and i'm doing certain things to glorify god 
So as I go into my daily devotions, what am I doing that for? I'm not doing it for me. I'm doing it for uh, the glorification of the holy God. Yeah, I think for me, it's it's sort of like this idea of putting on a new a new lens, right? Mm, yeah. And and I think that I thought that so I grew up in a kind of a dispensational background, and so I thought that. I was glorifying God, you know, in all that I did. And not that I wasn't, I'm, you know, but the perspective wasn't necessarily in the right place. Like that I didn't have the, those, those lenses I had on really was more about what am I doing right? Right. Am I, Mm. am I kind of, am I going through the steps? Am I going through the motions? Am I, you know, doing everything quote unquote right, you know? And so I always, I always tell people that as I came into when I came into a reformed understanding of the gospel, it was probably the greatest day of my life outside of, you know, being like my Christian walk, my Christian yeah. life. It was the greatest day of my Christian life outside of, you know, coming to salvation um, because all of a sudden an entire new world was opened for me, right? I understood things in a way that I had never seen them before. And so that was sort of the, you know, taking off the the old lens, the old pair of glasses and putting on a new pair of glasses that was just crystal clear, you know? And and I don't say that in, because I've talked to people before and as graciously as you try to say this, sometimes people are like, whoa, that's pretty arrogant. So you think you know it all. And it's like, no, I absolutely do not, right? Like, but I don't know how else to explain it other than to to say it that way. And that's not me trying to say that I'm better than anybody else. It's just me saying like this is what this is what happened when I came into this understanding because as we'll eventually talk about, right, I started reading things in a different context. I started yeah. seeing things in a new light uh, in a way that I never really understood them before. And this was, I think, the thing that, uh, really shown through the most was this idea of glorifying God, and this was the, the this is where I'm starting to realize like wow everything like everything is for God's glory it is all Christ centered God centered right none of it's on me it's all on Him yeah right? I like the quote that BB uh, Warfield is referenced here it says the Calvinist or the Reformed theologian in a word is the man who sees God. God in nature, God in history, God in grace. Everywhere he sees God in his mighty stepping. Everywhere he feels the working of his mighty arm, the throbbing of his mighty heart. And uh, as I began to understand Reformed theolo- uh, theology personally, God got bigger. Yeah. Now, you know, God didn't change in his own nature, but what happened? My perception of God got bigger, mm-hmm. and I began to see him in, in every aspect of my life. Uh, you know, right. he wasn't just this little thing that I did on Sundays and Wednesday nights, but all of a sudden he he cared about me, was active and providential in all of my life. Right. Yeah. Yep. Right. Uh, so quickly, uh, the second thing we should know about Reformed theology is that it uses logic, but takes its stand on the Bible. Yeah, so I think that this is kind of, there's a rap that all of, uh, that all of, Christianity gets, which is that it's all, it's just all this faith stuff. There's no reason, there's no logic, right? And we would say that that's absolutely not true, that there is one, there is reason for God, there's logic for God, and we would stand, you know, heartily upon that. Uh, But everything at the end of the day, because scripture is our greatest and highest authority, that that's that's the backstop, so to speak, right? Like that is the thing that we go to as as the 
penultimate, you know, uh, authority. It's it's the foundation, right? Uh, our hope is with not out, with is not without reason. So we read in Peter, right? Give a give a reason for your hope. Mm-hmm. So we do have a reason, but that foundation is Scripture. It's it's the rock that we build we build on. Um, it's it's what we know about God. It's what He's revealed to us, uh, and He's given us the ability to reason. He's given us logic, and we're to use those tools. Yes, but we're to use those tools through the lens of Scripture. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I think that if you look at to some of uh, some of the greatest philosophers throughout history have been Christian philosophers as well. You know, when you look at guys like uh, St. Augustine, when you look at Anselm, right? When we look at Calvin, you know, Bavink, guys like this, right? These are incredible philosophers, but from a Christian perspective. Yep. Yeah. The heart of the Reformation, right, is is to get the church reforming back to the word of God. Right. right, so that uh, becomes our foundation. It becomes our authority. Uh, John Owen says the student of theology must demonstrate by his life the absolute authority of the scriptures, and show himself devoutly submitting his own will and judgment to the authority of the Bible in all matters. And I'd say mm-hmm. of all the attributes of Reformed people, I'd say hopefully that's what you come away with when you meet Reformed Christians, is that they are the Bible people. Uh, they are committed to organizing their life under the authority of Scripture and judge everything else by it. Well, you've been listening to The Gospel for Life. If you want to send us an email, email us at thegospelforlifeidaho at gmail.com, and we'll catch up with you tomorrow. Thanks. Thanks.